0: The Raiders lose another one at home, 17-15, to the Washington football team. They're now 6-6 on the season. We'll talk all about it in a recap of the game. We have your news and notes. We'll talk about the Raiders playing with no sense of urgency and stiff. And we'll have your calls and texts, all here on the Locked On Raiders podcast on this Monday, December 6th.
1: You're Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Just Raiders. Win. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, Just win. your team Just every win. day.
2: Just win. You ought to win the Raiders
0: pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's calm. All right, Raider Nation, welcome into today's show. Thank you for making the Locked On Raiders podcast your first listen each and every day. Remember, you can find the show free and available on all platforms. Want to give a recap of the game, again, with the Raiders losing 17-15, to 15, and the offense was just non-existent again. The offense was sleepwalking throughout the whole course of the game. Uh, didn't get any kind of sense of urgency till later in the game, when they finally were able to get on the board when Josh Jacobs scores a touchdown, but just nothing throughout the whole first half. They only go into the halftime with three points. Derek Carr, who ended up throwing the ball 28 for 38, 249 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. He was like 15 for 19 in the first half for 80-something yards. That was it. 80-something yards of offense in the first half. One of the biggest keys to the game that we talked about leading into this game, matter of fact we talked about it all week long, was you have to try to test the Washington football team deep. They give up the big play. And oh, by the way, they're terrible on third down. Their third down uh, defense is bad. And guess what? The Raiders could not figure that out at all. For some reason, they did all this sideline to sideline. For some reason, I have no idea, and I even tweeted it out that whatever their game plan is was awkward, and it made no sense to me. I mean, there was more passes behind the line of scrimmage there was more passes that were sideline to sideline just made no sense to me at all it just I, I don't have any idea when you come off a game like you did with the Cowboys and you put up points like you do and you're able to have explosive plays and you're not doing any of that there was no explosive plays there was one explosive play in the whole game that was a what 34 yard pass to Foster Moreau that's just not going to cut it against any team but when a team that gives up big plays is the one that you're playing You've got to exploit that. You've got to take advantage, and they did not. The Chiefs won on Sunday. The Chargers won on Sunday. And then the Broncos and the Raiders both lost. So right now in the division, 8-4 and four KC. The Chargers are 7-5. and five, Denver 6-6, six and six, and the Raiders are 6-6 six and six, as they have nothing but AFC games left to go. But I'll tell you right now, if they can't figure out a way to jumpstart this offense, I mean, what's going to happen next week? <laughs> you know, what's going to happen in Kansas City? That's going to be a bloodbath. You know, I mean, not feeling good about that game at all. I was already not feeling good about it in general because they were playing the Chiefs in Kansas City. But after that performance on Sunday, really don't feel very comfortable about what they're going to do on the road just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. The run game, of course, still non-existent. Uh Josh Jacobs did run the ball 13 times for 52 yards, had a touchdown. He also caught the ball. Remember I was talking about all this sideline to sideline? He caught the ball nine times for 38 yards, so a lot of sideline to sideline, a lot of dump-offs. That's just what it was. Like The whole first half felt like one big dump-off. Continuing to look at some of the numbers, Hunter Renfro had a nice day individually. Nine catches, 102 yards, but... Like he mentioned after the game, none of that matters. You know, those individual stats, none of that matters. It's all about wins and losses. Defensively, Malcolm Koontz, he had a sack in the game. He finally got a little bit of burn because Carl Nassib was out, and he got a sack. And that's what I think he's going to be able to do. I thought, and I said this going into the season, I thought he was going to be good for three or four sacks. Well, he's off to a good start. One game, one sack, you know? So let's see if he gets any more burn moving forward. Again, another individual number that, you know, it's cool for him, but... Ultimately, the Raiders lost the game, so that's all that matters. Uh, The number that really bothers me when we're looking at numbers, how about these numbers? Deshaun Jackson, one target. How about Foster Moreau? Three targets, one catch for 34 yards, one explosive play. That bothers me. That goes back to the keys of the game that we had on Friday talking about stretch the field. You know, Derek Carr, use your arm. Look for Deshaun Jackson. Take the top off the defense. And they didn't do that. Deshaun Jackson had one freaking target, and it was a 14-yard catch. That was it. At least test him a couple times. There wasn't even a deep shot. The first deep shot came, what, in the third quarter when he threw a a deep ball to Brian Edwards? It actually almost got intercepted, but it didn't come till the third quarter. One deep shot. You know what I mean? And then, like I said, they only hit one explosive play, and that was to Foster Moreau for 34 yards, and that's all he had. Darren Waller was out, so you think, okay, Foster Moreau's going to get, you know, some more targets. He got three targets. That's it. It's just not enough. You know, Rich Passaccia, good dude. Nice guy. He's in a bad situation, but he's not a head coach. He's a special teams coach, and he's an interim head coach, and that's it. I know that they got two wins immediately with them, but Rich Passaccia is not what you want as a head coach. Clock management, still bad. Knowing when to use a timeout, when not to use a timeout, still bad. Before halftime, before the two-minute warning, should have called timeout. He didn't. Lincoln Kennedy, matter of fact, was furious on the broadcast. He's furious on the broadcast that he didn't call that timeout before the two-minute warning to give the Raiders a little bit better of a chance to get down the field and uh, and get in the end zone before halftime. They ultimately don't. What do they do? They kick a field goal. And to Daniel Carlson's credit, yeah, he makes a field goal. But again, not enough opportunities to try to get to the end zone. And that just goes back to, you know, not taking chances, not being aggressive. And the team just isn't. They're just not. And I don't understand how they go and be so aggressive on Thanksgiving against Dallas and then turn around with that performance that they had on Sunday against the Washington football team in their own home. Again, another loss at home. Those are numbers that are bothering me too. All the losses that are starting to pile up at home. You know what? And as I'm sitting there in Allegiant Stadium, you know what I'm seeing? I'm seeing a lot of empty seats. I know people are getting mad at at, at the fans, the opposing fans that are there. How about you get mad at the empty seats? I'm getting mad at the empty seats. But you know what? I don't. I don't blame everyone. I don't blame everyone for selling their tickets or not going to the game. I don't. Because what kind of treat are they in for? Fans aren't being rewarded for their faithfulness, for their loyalty, for their passion. They're just not. And that's a shame. So many people that I ran into over the weekend, over the course of the weekend, they were celebrating their birthday. I know my man uh, Dave from Chicago. He was at the Rockstar. His girlfriend Nicolette was celebrating her birthday. That was the very first uh, Raider game she had ever been to. Uh, That was an L. My man Tom, uh, who was actually my very first caller I ever had on the Lockdown Raiders podcast, he was celebrating his birthday. That was an L. My man Fargo Raider. L. You know, my man Sal, Sal, uh, my guy from Fresno, he was in town, and he was celebrating his birthday, and guess what? L. I mean, and that's just that's just a few. That's just the one time. Hell, Jim Plunkett, he was celebrating his birthday. L. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just, again, it's embarrassing, and it's bad that the fan base can't be rewarded better with a better product on the field when they're in their own home stadium. It's just they've got to figure that out. That's got to be one of the biggest issues. I was actually talking before the game with someone who works for the Raiders, And he told me that. He told me that straight up. Q, we have got to find a way to win games at home because fans are not being treated correctly. So they know there's a problem. And I'm not going to say who it was because I don't need to put his business in the street like that. But someone in the Raiders front office told me that before the game that, hey, man, the fans need to be treated better. They come here, they spend their money on hotels, they're buying tickets, they're they're spending money at the concession stand, so they know there's a problem. Let me let me just put it out there, Raider Nation. They know that there's a problem and that they've got to do better. Hopefully they make some drastic changes and make this product better so you can be rewarded. I mean, I'm going to be at the game. I'm going to be at the game, but I'm working. I, I get in with the credentials, so I'm, and I'm not bragging. I'm just saying, don't feel bad for me. I feel bad for Raider Nation that's spending their hard-earned money And getting that kind of reward, that's terrible couple more quick notes here in segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast, a little injury update. Running back Kenyon Drake went out with a serious ankle injury. Rich Bisaccia did not have an official word after the game, but uh, word has come out on Twitter on Sunday night. Ian Rappaport said that inside the building, they believe that it's a broken ankle and that he's going to be out for the season. Uh, he tweeted out a video about being upset about the, the tackle, the way that he was tackled, and, and the fact that it's two years in a row he's been tackled and, and leveraged the way he was where it caused injury, while the NFL's worried about Telling penalties and and not allowing quarterbacks to get touched at all. Uh, but here was here was uh, Rich Basaccia after the game, just on the injuries because it wasn't just Kenyon Drake, but also Denzel Perryman and Nick Kwiatkowski.
2: I know we have concerns with Kenyon Drake. Uh, Nick Kriakowski and then Denzel Perryman. All three right now have ankles. I'm not 100% sure where it's at. I know Kenyon's is a little bit of an issue. Um, I'll be able to cover that a little bit more tomorrow.
0: And I really hate that for Kenyon Drake. Again, going to most likely miss the rest of the season. Of course, we'll get the official word from Rich Basaccia a little bit later on this afternoon uh, at his media session about 1 o'clock Pacific Standard Time. Uh, Here's Josh Jacobs, though, following the game, talking about Kenyon Drake, because obviously that was his guy from Alabama. Uh, He's really close with him and he was one of the first guys out there on the field to see if drake was okay and so kenyon actually told him that his ankle was broken but here's josh jacobs talking about that exchange with kenyon drake following uh, the injury
3: man um it was weird I, I felt real really weird like i went out there and talked to him and before the, the trainers even got over there he was just like it's broke and i'm just like he's like man i don't know exactly what injury he has but i know he's had um significant injuries in the past um So, man, I'm just praying for him right now. Praying for his family, his whole family was here at the game today. So, yeah.
0: So there's Josh Jacobs right there talking about the injury to Kenyon Drake, and you can hear him even get a little bit emotional. I'll say this, Josh Jacobs' presser, his little media session that he had following the game, it was only about six or seven minutes long. But, man, I I feel like I learned a lot about this team from Josh Jacobs. I mean, I, I literally walked out of that presser after it was over and thought, Wow. Josh Jacobs really kind of said a whole lot without even saying a, a whole lot. And and we'll get into that, more of that, coming up in segment number two as we talk about the Raiders not playing with a sense of urgency and playing stiff. But uh, before we get to that, I did want to talk about, I said emotions with Josh Jacobs. This has been a very emotional uh, roller coaster type year for the Raiders. So Rich Passaccia was asked about the highs and lows and how they continue with their process and translate it to action on the field and put out a really good product.
2: You, you want to talk about highs and lows of the season, I mean... You, is, you know, the highs have been pretty good and the lows have been really low. You know, humanistically, the lows have been really low and then professionally on the grass, the the lows have been low. Um, But again, it's if you're results oriented all the time, then you're just looking at the scoreboard, you're spending your life up there. So there's a process to what we try to do. There's a process to improving every day. So again, we lost the game. uh, We have to come back tomorrow, figure out some of the reasons why and then get ourselves ready for Wednesday practice if we can correct those mistakes and get ready to go play Kansas City.
0: So you can hear a little bit right there from interim head coach Rich Passaccia. You can hear a little bit of uh, wear and tear. You know, you can tell that this season is is starting to really wear on these guys uh, on the field, off the field, uh, for multiple reasons. But uh, you'll hear from Josh Jacobs. We're going to talk in segment number two about the Raiders not playing with a sense of urgency and out there playing stiff. What all does that mean? Well, again, I'll explain that coming up in segment number two after I tell you about our good friend at Direct TV, and I know this sounds familiar. You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, right? Other than that, you're streaming your favorite shows, you're watching sport highlights on your phone, you've got your neighbor's best friend so you can get the Netflix. Well, I'll tell you a simple way to get all that entertainment that you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. No more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, no annual contract. That's right. Get rid of the clutter. Get rid of the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package.
1: You're Locked On Raiders. Your
0: daily podcast
1: on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team. Every day.
0: All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Time to talk about the fact that the Raiders are not playing with a sense of urgency and they're out there playing stiff. And I got this from Josh Jacobs' presser that he had on Sunday following the game. And I really learned a lot. I feel like I learned a lot about this team uh, through his presser. And I feel like he said a lot without actually saying a lot of words. Uh, Again, if you watch the game, uh, you listen to the podcast, you know that the offense, especially early on, was just terrible. I mean, it never really got on track where it was good. I can never say it was cooking with grease, but it it finally started going and gave them a chance. And, I mean, hell, they had to leave for a quick second, and you thought maybe they are going to find a way to pull this game off, and they did. They had an opportunity at the end to secure it. Trayvon Merrick, comes up with the interception at the end. The Raiders win. And then we're not talking about them not playing with a sense of urgency and playing stiff. And we probably should be anyway. We should be talking about them not playing with a sense of urgency and playing stiff. But if he had come up with that interception, sealed the deal, Raiders win the game, we'd be talking about the Raiders sitting at 7-5 and on the way to Kansas City. So, I mean, I'm not saying it's a good thing that they didn't, but this conversation most likely is not happening if they get that victory. So, the Raiders have been starting every single game this season slow. They've only scored on their opening drive, what, three times all year? Dallas, the Giants, and what, the other one was uh, the Eagles? So, three times they've scored on their opening drive, and that's it. And week 13 just got wrapped up for them. You know, 12 games in the book. And they've only scored on their opening drive three times. So Josh Jacobs was asked about the frustrations to the slow starts. And then he also follows it up with what he said to his teammates about the slow starts.
3: It's very frustrating. Um, Yeah, it's it's definitely very frustrating. Really annoying, really um, just starting slow every week, I feel like, um, and and taking too long to, to, to be who we are. Um, it, it's definitely frustrating, and I kind of voiced that a little bit today. So, I mean, I just come to the offensive line um, and, and to the receivers and tell them just, we got to we gotta be who we are or who we think we are, um, and we got to have some juice and some energy and some some, some type of swag to us. Um, I feel like we come in just stiff and, and, and dull and game sometimes, um, and I don't feel like it should take Somebody having a big play for everybody to take to that mindset of of, of wanting to be on that. So that's kind of just where I, I was at with it. And, um, Kirby used to tell me all the time, um, inspire the guys with how you play and, and the effort that you put on the field. And that's what I try to do. But some, some games, it just be like, I don't know.
0: So there's Josh Jacobs right there. And again, I mentioned he said a whole lot without saying a whole lot, if you know what I mean. And, I mean, he's talking about they need to have some kind of swagger. They need to have some kind of identity. They need to just go out there and be fired up, be pumped up, not wait till a big play happens and then get fired up. They need to come out of that locker room with their hair on fire, and they're not doing that. And that's what I'm talking about when I'm saying sense of urgency and playing stiff. You heard him say playing stiff. You're you're right there in the thick of things as far as the playoff hunt goes, and you – aren't going to come out with a sense of urgency like, hey, I got to have this one. You know what I mean? Like what goes through their minds is what my question is. What's going through their minds when they're not having that sense of urgency coming out of the locker room knowing, hey, we need to have this game. We've got to win this game. And that a lot of that goes back to coaching. The coaches are not getting these guys fired up and ready to rock and roll. And this is not just a Basaccia thing because they started off the season starting slow. That's a Gruden thing too. These coaches are not getting these guys fired up and wound up and, like I said, come out of the locker room with their hair on fire. They're just not doing it. Josh was also asked about what is it going to take to come out with that sense of urgency?
3: Man, I would say practice, but honestly, we work work at practice. Um, I think it's just coming in confident in the game and not trying to be um out of your character really just executing the plays whatever it's called um and just being in the right spots whether it's on offense defense or special teams just being in the right spot and when the and when the time comes to make a play make the play um i think it's very simple really honestly um and i think it's a mindset i think i think people just like we kind of just coast a little too much um and yeah that's that's definitely frustrating
0: it's a mindset People talking about players and coaches, they're coasting too much. How in the hell are you coasting into an NFL game? I mean, think about that. How are you coasting into an NFL game? How do you just kind of not have the mindset to go out there and be the best? That's what, I'm sorry, but that's what losing organizations do. They have that mindset of we're not good. We're losers. We're going to lose. You know what I mean? Like the Detroit Lions, they picked up their first victory on Sunday. I mean, they have that losing culture. And it starts at the top. And I've heard people say this all the time. Hey, it starts at the top when it comes to the Raiders. You've got to have something about you where you know damn well that your organization is good. You know what I mean? And when I mean good, I don't mean just good. Like, hey, we ex- we expect excellence. Like Alabama, where Josh came from in college, they expected what? Be in the college football playoffs every single year. Hell, I doubted them on Saturday against Georgia. I thought Georgia was going to beat the brakes off them. And Alabama was like, ha, what? Are you kidding me? We're about to show them. And they did. They expect that, and they weren't shocked when they won. They expect to go out there and win. And I know we can't compare college to NFL, but the mindset, it's that mindset that he's talking about. You've got to have that mindset. I'll tell you right now, when when I crack the mic, whether it's on the radio or the podcast, I expect it to be the best show of my damn life. Now, I'm not saying it is every time, but I expect that from myself. And I get mad at myself if I put a bad show on tape. I really do. I get angry at myself. Even in some of these podcasts, I'll go, ah, yeah, it wasn't really a, a very good show. And some people won't even notice it. I will because I expect more out of myself. How come these professional players, how come these professional coaches can't expect excellence? What is, their, what is one of their mottos? Commitment to excellence. Where's the commitment and where's the excellence? I mean, again, Josh Jacobs didn't have to say a whole lot to say a whole lot. And the final little soundbite I want you to hear from Josh. Again, didn't have to play the whole thing for you to get a great idea of where this is going. He was asked about when he talks to the guys. Is there a certain point in the game? Is it before the game? Is it after the game? When is he talking to these guys and trying to get them focused in on the task at hand? It was before the game, during the game,
3: halftime, a little bit whenever I kind of like feel like we needed it. Um, I mean, and and I feel like I got the respect of the guys. So when I kind of say something, they know it's not coming from a negative standpoint. I don't really cuss at them and stuff like that. I just try to motivate them. You know what I'm saying? And, um, sometimes I feel like you can't always walk hand in hand with people. Sometimes you got to push them and you got to be like, let's go, let's get it together. Um, and that's kind of how I was, I was telling them before the game, I did feel like, um, we needed to stop playing to a certain level and just play to who we think we are. And, um, and that's the thing that has frustrates me. I feel like teams that we know that we should be a little better in or play a little better in, we kind of play down and, um, it's it's something that I really honestly I've never been a part of that
0: I've never been a part of that so I don't really know the answer to it Playing down to the competition. You know, he didn't say that the Raiders are better than the Washington football team, but he basically said that they know that they could have beat the Washington football team, just like they know they could have beat the Giants, just like they know they could have beat the Bengals, just like they know they could have beat the Bears. I mean, all these games that, and we all sat here on the show and on the radio and everywhere else talking about, oh man, the, the Raiders should have this one. This is one of their easier games. But every single time they played down to their competition. And Josh Jacobs said it right there. I don't know nothing about that because Alabama doesn't play down to their competition for the most part. They don't. You know what I mean? I mean, it's a real bad day at the office if they play down to their competition. Yes, I know they had a tough game uh, in the Iron Bowl against Auburn. I get that. But that was a rival. <laughs> you know what I mean? And those kind of games happen sometimes. You know, and Alabama hasn't looked like the most dominant team this year. Really, that was Georgia. But then they go and beat the Brakes off Georgia. So, I mean, they, they, they can have a bad day at the office. The Raiders, they're consistently consistently playing down to the level of their competition. And you cannot win like that. And then when you have opportunities to make plays, when you finally wake up out of your coma that you were in, and then all of a sudden you can't seal the deal. You know, Trayvon Merrick had a very bad day at the office. I like him a lot. I think he's going to be a good player. I think he's going to make a lot of plays for the Raiders down the stretch. He didn't make any plays. He didn't make the plays when he needed to on Sunday. He gave up that touchdown on the first drive to Logan Thomas. And then, of course, he had the interception or potential interception that would have sealed the deal and he didn't come up with it. Nate Hobbs, he did have an interception in the game, but he also dropped a, another interception. You know, there's multiple times that the Raiders had opportunities to make plays. Zay Jones, even though that deep ball, I know he was getting his jersey tugged on. I know he technically got interfered with. He probably could have made a better play on the ball. And really, he turned the wrong way at first. So, I mean, that's just execution. You know, Josh Jacobs, he, he even admitted after the game that, hey, he ran the wrong way three times. He's like, I'm more mad at those plays than the plays I did well. Dabo Sweeney. Clemson head football coach, he was at the game on Sunday. So, of course, let the rumor start that, you know, he was interviewing with Mark Davis. And I don't think that he was. He's actually in town because the 2020, 2021 College Football Hall of Fame classes are going to be inducted on Tuesday. And usually the event's in New York, but it's in Vegas this year. And CJ Spiller from Clemson is one of the guys that's being inducted into the Hall of Fame. I'll tell you what, and I told Vinny Bonsignor this I said, hey, man, uh, I don't think that the Raiders are going to hire Dabo, but. That's who they need. They're not necessarily him. They need someone with, with some juice. Someone that has a little bit of something under his belt. You know what I mean? Someone who, who can go in there with two national championships and say, hey, man, this is not how you get things done. And I get it. College and the NFL are totally different. And that's why I'm saying it doesn't necessarily have to be Dabo Sweeney. But it's got to be somebody with some juice. Somebody who can go in there and get these guys fired up when they come out the tunnel. Not get them fired up when it's the fourth quarter. <laughs> you know what I mean? I like Rich Passaccia a lot. I think he's a good guy. Don't think he's a good head coach. Greg Olson, terrible play caller. He was a terrible play caller before. He's still a terrible play caller. So they've really got to, again, bring in some juice. I don't know where it's going to be, but, you know, you're going to hear the Dabo Sweeney's talk for a while now just because he was at the game and he was in Raider gear. Again, I don't think they're going to hire him, but I would not be mad. He just lost his defensive coordinator. He's headed to Oklahoma. Uh, He's got two national championships at Clemson. Really doesn't have anything else to prove. In the NFL, he's either coached or coached against a lot of the players. So you know they're very familiar with them, but not trying to start up the rumor mill, not trying to get them, you know, get this conversation going about Dabo to the Raiders, not trying to do all that. But I'll tell you what, man, if Mark Davis, whatever he does, he needs to go out there and make a home run hire and he's got to have someone that's got some juice where these guys aren't going to be playing down to their competition. Someone who can get these guys to come out and be playing full throttle every game. Go out there from the start of the game, ready to go, hair on fire. That's what they need. And they don't have that. And they haven't had it. For quite a while. So that's what I got for you for segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Coming up in segment number three, your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line. How are you feeling? 707 654 4693. I mentioned the coaching's having juice and the coaches needed some juice. Maybe they just needed a bill bar, (laughs) maybe they just needed a great taste of protein bar. And that can get them going to start the game off. I don't know, but it is the holidays time, and I do know that Bill Bar is great. Tastes like a candy bar, has so many great flavors to choose from, so many. I'm talking raspberry, mint brownie, cherry, double chocolate, cookies and cream, peanut butter brownie, and that's just kind of the regulars, right? They have so many other flavors, like white chocolate cheesecake, caramel almond delight, coconut brownie chunk, peanut butter brownie protein balls, coconut almond protein balls. I mean, all these sound like they can even be on a dessert table, right? Well, they're there, and they're available for you right now. Again, you're getting a great-tasting protein bar. It's really good for you. They're low in calories, low in sugar, net carbs, and fat, and high in protein. You get the best of both worlds. Check them out today, Built.com. Use the promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off your order. Again, LOCK15 at built.com. I also want to tell you about BetOnline.ag, and you know that they've got you covered for all your betting needs. I mean, for every sport that you can imagine, basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, they have got you covered. They're your number one spot for all action, all season long. Go to the website on your laptop or your mobile device, sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. How do you do that? You just use the promo code On. That's how you get the bonus. You got to use the promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, and it's where the game starts.
1: You're locked on Raiders. you Daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team. Every day.
0: Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Time to get into your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. That is the number. Let's start things off with a call from Jordan, Oregon, calling to talk about the game and how he felt that this was really going to be a defining moment, a defining game, and really kind of give you expectations of what you'll see the rest of the month from the silver and black. Here he is, Jordan, Oregon.
1: Huge Jordan, Oregon, calling in. Fresh off this game here, rarely call with uh, motions high, but, man, I just had to. This, this game, to me, was kind of make or break on which direction this team in the last month needs to start gearing up for. Obviously, we're not eliminated from playoffs today, but in my mindset, with with what the games we have remaining, it's hard to expect them to come out more than 500 at this point, and if they do, it'd be going 500 down the stretch, just probably even going to punch a ticket in the playoffs, so... I think it's time to start gearing up to what this team should look like next year. And, Q, I think it would be smart of uh, Mark Davis to start actually really putting a team of advisors around him, of senior Raider people that – or maybe non-Raider people in his year to start getting a team together to start getting some candidates because it's clear to me that just the non-aggressive approach to this last game, um, Q, I wanted to get your take on this down at the end of the game to to just go up by a point like that versus going for it on fourth down. I'm not a crazy analytics guy, but I'd rather go for that with having all those timeouts. Um if they do you know, good chance we're gonna pick up that fourth and in short. I think it was a fourth and four maybe. Um and and if if not, then we we still have our timeouts to potentially stop. I just didn't like that. Non aggressive play call. Um, I almost knew they were going to lose it right when, when, even when we went up by a point, I think most of the nation never really felt good. But one point I want to make is i you know, watching some football with, with some, uh, kind of non football people today, I had, uh, a friend of mine point out and actually very, very young, young kid actually point out saying that, hey, what's up with them going sideways and not forward? And I mean, if these people that aren't even watching football can see that, then, then, I don't see how the Raiders are, you know, multi-million dollar organization, you know, full of so much football history, can't figure out how it's it's not right to, to just be going sideline to sideline trying to play that way. How come they wouldn't go vertical attack like they just did against the Cowboys? It just blows my mind. Every time you think, you you know, they've got it figured out, they do something completely different. But I think it's time to start looking at the future. time to start thinking about what things could look like. Q, uh, I want to get your take on just the overall what Carr's trade value would be if we go like 500 down the stretch and he ends up with kind of same numbers as last year, you know, high yardage, uh, 25 touchdowns, you know, 15 picks, you know, and, and we have him. What, what kind of trade value would we have there? And then also, what would he, we have to do, um, what would we have to pay him if we were going to extend him and make him like the cornerstone going forward? just? That's my question to you. Anyway, have a good week, man. Peace out.
0: There he goes. That's Jordan in Oregon. Very good call, my man. And, yeah, I mean, it's so frustrating to see all those sideline-to-sideline passes. I mean, it was ridiculous. At halftime, Carr was 15 for 19 for like 80-something yards. That's just – that's unacceptable. It should be unacceptable. Uh, As far as Mark Davis goes, I I think that he does need to get some non-Raider people around him to help with the coaching search and even with some decisions in the organization. Uh, and I actually was talking to Vinny about this in the in the uh, press box before the game started. I think that the Raiders need to stop making everything has to be Raiders. You know what I mean? Like, I think that they need to go outside the building and bring some people in that don't have emotional ties to the organization because sometimes emotional ties gets in the way of good decisions. You know what I mean? Sometimes you don't make a good decision because, well, you, you're you emotionally invested in in the team, so I do think that they need to put some some people in place that aren't locked in and aren't arm in arm with the silver and black. Well, I don't know if they'll do that, but I think that they should. As far as car and his trade value, uh, I, I have no idea. Uh, if you look at Sam Darnold, he went to Carolina for a 2026 round pick and a second and a fourth in 2022. But car is much better than Sam Darnold, but you know, you're only really worth what a team is willing to give up for you. And, and I don't even know if he would threaten to retire or if he would retire if uh, he was traded. I don't know if he's serious when he says he'll never play for another team but the silver and black. I just don't know. I know there's going to be a lot of tough decisions that are going to be made this offseason. So it's going to be one of those that will not be boring. That's for sure. Next up, I got a text from Irv in San Diego. Hey Q, Irv in San Diego here. Just thinking about the GM situation. If we do go in another direction, I'd like to see Louis Riddick. I think his name was mentioned going into the season for a few teams. Also, he has Raiders ties and his love for the franchise. Let me know what you think. Raider Nation for life. Thanks for all that you do. That's from Irv in San Diego. And yeah, I've heard uh, Louis Riddick's name multiple times. I like Louis Riddick a lot. And I know that he's had some kind of experience in organizations. Uh, and I do think at some point he's going to get his opportunity to be uh, a GM. I don't know if it's going to be with the Raiders or not. Uh, I, I just mentioned before in the last call that I think that the Raiders need to go out and, and not always necessarily get somebody that has ties to the team. You know, because again, some, sometimes guys that have ties to the team, they make emotional decisions that might not be the right decision. So uh, I don't know. I think, still think the best idea is to let Mayock be the GM for at least one more year. I I just think that that makes the most sense and see what happens. But he's going to have to bring in his own coach. He's going to have to show what he can do as far as drafting when he's in control and then go from there. I mean, there's just, there's a lot of retooling that needs to go on with this team. Thank you so much for that text. I do appreciate you. Next up, Jay Raider. He's calling to share his feelings about the team following a bad loss on Sunday. Here he is, Jay Raider.
4: Hey, what up Q? This is your boy, Jay Raider coming from the 7-6. So I just finished, uh, you know, watching the game like everybody else. And it took me a minute to call the the line, wanted to kind of get my, you know, my composure and my emotions in check. But honestly, Q, this team, uh, I mean, they're pathetic to watch. I mean, it's pretty embarrassing, uh, you know, what they're able to do offensively. You know, they decide to always want to, you know, play hurry up at the end of the game all the time. You know they they had so many opportunities to do so many things you know early in the game and just they never capitalized and that's been the theme the whole time the whole season this has been the theme the team the team cannot run the ball that's their Achilles heel man they cannot run the ball they can't figure it out they've tried they've tried they tried and they just cannot get it done uh, this team is just it's going to be the same team till it's not you know and that's just the reality we have to accept the fans there's nothing we can do but to cheer. I mean, it sucks. You know, the only thing we show off are old, you know, rings that most of us. You know, I was born in 87. Um, we've never seen any of these, you know, championships. So, I mean, it's been our grandpas and, you know, our dads and, and everybody else. But, I mean, come on, man. We have to be relevant. I mean, what, I mean, really, what are we showing off, you know, as a fan? What what are we showing off being a Raiders fan? There's nothing to show for. Derek Carr, yeah, he's he's okay, he's good, he's, you know, leading the league, passing yards, there's all these records he's broken for the, you know, for the franchise, but what does it matter? I mean, we don't win, that's the bottom line, winning, if we were winning, Derek Carr would be an MVP, I mean, everybody would be talking about the Raiders, oh my goodness, Derek Carr is so good, because his stats, you know, add up, I mean, his stats speak for themselves, you know, the guy's a, he's a good quarterback, but... Unfortunately, he he hasn't won a lot, and and that's going to be the theme, you know. That's that's just going to be the narrative every time for the Raiders, and you know I hope they turn it around, man. But as far as myself, I, I mean, I'm I'm checking out, Q. I'm checking out. I'm no longer going to watch any of the games, the remaining games. It doesn't matter who loses, you know what position we get, man. But we're not going to go anywhere until we can figure out how to you know be consistent every week. You know, we're never going to go anywhere, and that's just the way it's going to be, Q. Anyways, that's my feeling. I hope, uh, you know, I didn't take up too much of your time with this, you know, rambling and venting about my emotions, man. But that's how I feel. Keep up doing the good work, Q. You know, we appreciate it. You know, I'll still listen to the, you know, the the Lockdown Raiders. But as far as investing, you know, time and emotion to watching the game, I'm just not going to do it anymore, man. I It's not worth the headaches, bro. All right, bro. Jay Raider
0: out. Jay Raider is out. And when he says he's out, he means he's all the way out. <laughs> he's not going to be invested in the team anymore. And look, it's hard to, to blame anyone who feels that way. I mean, it really is. You know, for a fan base to get fired up, spend their money, go to a game, do everything that Raider Nation is doing just to be disappointed time after time after time, it's, it's hard. So I don't, I don't blame anyone who's feeling like that. Now, I'm assuming that, you know, by the end of the week, Jay Raider's going to be feeling better, and uh, he'll be ready for the game on Sunday against Kansas City. But I get it right now. I understand being as fired up and angry and upset as, uh, as Jay Raider is. So thank you for the call, my man. I do appreciate you. I got time for one more text. Text from Raiderette Goddess from Emory, Texas. Q, Raiderette Goddess here from Emory, Texas. Ah, bro, I cannot tell you how frustrated I am with the refs and their calls. Crosby's penalty on tackling Heineke was by far ridiculous. We cannot catch a break or more so allowed to even play tough tackle football. It was absolutely a legit tackle. Not sure what they're watching, but when you tackle someone, your body typically follows, right? So many bad calls, I just can't shake my head. I knew with all the ball control, it was going to hurt us in the end with time on their side. Oh, and so many opportunities for Bisaccia to control the clock better and converting fourth downs. Just tired of games being taken away from us by the refs. So heartbroken because I feel like this team deserves better, is better, and continues to allow refs to dictate our success. Anyway, thank you for all that you do, Q. My first jam I listen to daily during my morning workout. Repping Raider Nation for life no matter what. Raiders. All the best. On to the next game. Raider at Goddess from Emory, Texas. And I'll say this. The call against Max Crosby I thought was absolutely ridiculous. I really did. And what was even worse about it, if you're going to call it, call it immediately. The flag came out so late. I guess technically by the letter of the law, it's a legit penalty. But the flag came out so late, it was just ridiculous. Uh, the call on Jonathan Abram, uh, it's that new blocking rule. But uh, I think that that was silly too. I think that was a terrible call. He really did everything he could. And that gets called a penalty. That was that was bad. Uh, but I'll say this, man. The, the, the Raiders didn't lose this game because of the refs. The Raiders lost this game because their offense stunk. I mean, straight up. Defense gave up that first drive touchdown, and then the offense did nothing. And then the defense tightened up and gave them multiple opportunities to get the ball back. Even when Nate Hobbs got that interception, they go down and get what? A field goal. That's it. They don't turn it into seven. They turn it into three. Way too many times they had opportunities to make plays, and they just couldn't do it. That's why they lost the game on Sunday. It wasn't the official's fault. It was the fault of the team. The Raiders lost that game. Now I would like to see Crosby start actually getting some holding penalties called on him because he's almost getting a chokehold every single time he's out there, uh, and that's just one of those things, man. Khalil Mack never got those holding penalty calls uh, for him either, and Crosby's not getting them. So I mean, it's just it's just the nature of the beast. It's one of those things that we talk about all the time, but nothing ever changes. So we're almost beating our head against the wall uh, talking about it so much because we all know it's never going to change. And we'll do one more call. It's a quick one from Raider Wolf in the 913. He's calling in fired up and angry about the team's performance and just had to vent right here. So here he is, Raider Wolf in the 913 to close things out.
2: Man, thank you. It's your boy, Raider Wolf, 913. I'm not a new booty, but I don't call in often. But I had to call in. I'm, I'm sorry, this team is terrible, man. As much as I love these clowns, I'm ashamed to be a Raider, man. This team is trash, bro. They're trash. Offense, trash. Defense, trash. Whole squad, trash. Fuck, man. This side, I'm so, I'm so pissed. Q. All right, man. I'm, I can't, I ain't, I can't say nothing else, man. I'm just tired of it. These, these clowns, man. They're clowns. I hope they get rid of every single person in that damn building except Mark Davis. Clowns, man. Have a good night, Q. I'll talk to you next week.
0: There he goes. That's Raider Wolf in the 913. You can hear the frustration and anger in his voice, and I don't blame him. But I will say this the team has talent. There's definitely talent on that team. They're not getting motivated correctly. I'll, I'll say this, and I get it. A lot of this is on the players because they're the ones going out there executing, and they're having a lack of execution right now. But for some reason, man, the coaching staff on both sides of the ball can't get these guys going early. Offensively, they sleepwalk. Defensively, I mean, you saw the first drive. Washington went down, and did whatever they wanted to do, and then all of a sudden, the defense, you know, woke up. That's, I mean, that's a problem too. You know, they've got to be able to come out immediately and be again playing with their hair on fire. Goes back to what we were talking about in segment number two. So again, I go back and I put a lot of this on the coaching staff, and that's why the coaching staff needs to have some juice. That's why there needs to be some coach that's brought in here that has some juice. They can get these Raiders and get this team going. So there it is right there. That's what I got for you for today's show. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll have more calls and text straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line. We'll have more news and notes of the day, and we'll have more conversations based around this team and what kind of changes need to be had uh, as they try to finish off the season strong. They have all AFC conference games left. The first one up, of course, is the Kansas City Chiefs. They just picked up a victory on Sunday night against the Denver Broncos and they now have won five in a row so we'll get all these conversations going throughout the course of the week Raider Nation appreciate all the support appreciate all the feedback thank you again for making the Lockdown Raiders podcast your first listen each and every morning and know that you can find the show free and available on all platforms so until tomorrow Raider Nation take care of your family love on your family take care of yourselves and uh, as always just win baby